Hello and welcome to Magic Mike's. We're a couple of cookie guys. This is episode three, Havoc, from 2005. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And wipe that nair off your shaft. It's time for Magic Mike's. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Not where I thought that sentence was going to end, but yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, just wanted to get you ready. I have to say, before we get going, that I wrote the word havoc so many times that it looks like the weirdest word in the English language. Like, it does yeah. not look like it's a real word. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Now that you say that, when I, like, started typing, um, I keep track of, like, all of all of my notes for this in uh, emails to myself, right? Like, just like I have a yep. record of them. When I typed, like, the title, I was like, did I spell this right? Like, you know what I mean? So, like, now that you say it, I definitely yeah. agree, yeah. That VOC just does not happen in a ton of words. Mm. So, I mean, there's, I guess, evocative, which is film also is. Yeah. So, uh, the only thing I knew about this movie before we watched it, because we both watched it for the was first Anne time, Hathaway. was that Anne Hathaway masturbates, which she does. Kind of doesn't. I mean, she kind of does, but, like, not significantly. I thought we were going to get, like, a... Oh, I mean, like, I don't I don't think, like, if you ever thought it was going to be, like, graphic, like, that was crazy. Like No, no I didn't think Anne it was going to be, like, full frontal. I just thought that there was going to no. be, like, a scene of, like, her going at it, not like this video camera, this kind of stuff. So I yeah. get it. Well, we will we will get into all of it shortly enough. The first thing up front, yes. Channing not in this movie a ton. No, he's not. But what he is, it's fucking it. awesome. By the way, he's in it more than he was in War of the Worlds. So at least we're on <laughs> the step. The, you know, the, any yeah, headed any in the right non-zero direction. number is greater than zero. So the craziest thing is that there was a piece of trivia that said he had a stunt double in this movie named Mark Foran or Foran, F-O-R-A-N, who was a very prominent hockey player in New Brunswick, Canada. He's an extra in many other movies, but he mostly does stunt work for Channing. And I was like, what the fuck stunts? What, what stunts did he need a double for? Did Channing need a double for? I have no idea, but that's very curious to me, too. I would like to learn about. When was there any stunts? Don't know. Maybe, like, Do holding the gun? Know. Like, that's about it. <laughs> Like, I can't imagine. No, but, like, you can't do a stunt double in that because, like, it's a close-up on his face, basically. So I have I, no idea. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Anyway, before we get into this movie, he's not in it a ton, but we will cover the movie as it deserves to be covered. Uh, we have to go into our first segment, Tatum Tots. Tatum Tots. So now we, before we actually get into Tatum Tots, we were talking about nicknames for Channing. We were talking about calling him C. Yeah. Or Chan or Chan Man. Jenny, superfan Jenny wrote in last Chantum. month and said, maybe do Chantum, like Channing Tatum, Chantum, yeah. like Phantom. But you had one, you had an idea for one that we could rock tonight, too. I was like, you know, we were talking about, we, we do this segment, Tatum Tots, that we could just call him yep. Tot. I like it. You like it? Mm-hmm. See, like, I like it in theory, like, in writing, but, like, when I say it, I'm like, ugh, I don't, I don't know. Tot. It doesn't have a good mouthfeel, you know what I mean? It doesn't, but what I like about it is that it's one syllable like Gaz or Zeph. Like, it's short. Like, I like Chantum. I love the idea behind Chantum. Thank you, Jenny, for sending that in. Yeah, I do. I, I think that that's a better name. It's longer. We, we need, like, that three-word thing. So, like, that's why I was, like, Tot, but Tot doesn't sound... Tot doesn't sound good. I, I'm going to wind up just saying Chan, which I know I'm going to do, but, it, like, that doesn't feel good either. So, I mean, I guess we're just all in this weird place right now. We don't have a good intro saying... <laughs> We don't have a fucking good nickname. We should just scrap this whole thing and start over. Or just scrap it and abandon it and just double down on Too Fast, Too Forever. Have we asked Rachel, shout out Rachel, have we asked Rachel... Yeah, let's let's uh, make a point to to thank Rachel for listening to this, because God, we didn't hear enough enough of how we don't do that enough on fucking Too Fast, Too Forever, right? I was wondering if you were going to call that out or not. Oh, oh, I'm calling it out every time we talk about her now. (laughs) 
we have to mention about how thankful we are that she listens to all of these. Shout out Rachel. Shout out Rachel. But no, but in, in reality, have you asked Rachel what his nickname should be? Like, has she given two cents or she... Because I feel like if she had one, like, you would have said it. Like, I feel like we're all in the dark. No, we are all in the dark. And I think that when we were listening to the last one, we, like, talked about it. And when we were, like, talking it on, like, about it on the podcast, we, she listened to it. And I was like, do you have a suggestion? She's kind of just, like, did the normal Rachel ignore me type situation where she, like, just, like, looks like she's heard you, but then just doesn't respond. <laughs> and, like, that's... <laughs> That's what I got, and then, you know, I just get bored with that. Like, I have so much ADD that I just, like, I'm like, okay, cool, fuck it, and I just, like, keep keep it moving, so. If it wasn't so wordy, I would almost say that Mr. Dewan is a good nickname for him, but Ooh, I don't Mr. know. Mr. Dewan, I like that. I always, like, do I like doing this in general. I like <laughs> calling people by, like, their wives' names and stuff. That always cracks me up. Mr. Dewan, but good. it's it's also, I mean, like, I like the sound of it, but it's a lot of syllables. It's four syllables. Yeah. Don't know. Anyway. Tatum Tots, back to where we got maybe Tot, maybe Chan, maybe Chanta, maybe Mr. Duan. Who knows? Who knows? It'll come to us. We'll also get an intro saying, do you have any Tatum Tots this month? Um, Not yet. You go first, please, if you have any. So there's two big things that are tied together. There, I, I have a, a handful of different stories, but there's two big things that tie together on the more serious side, not necessarily the personal side, the, the human side of his, but as an actor, we were talking last month about how Gambit was going under production in New Orleans. Yes. Well, Gambit in the last month lost its director Gore Verbinski who's famous for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Didn't they He's like no longer directing it? Didn't they already have this problem though? There's been a lot of problems with this movie and yeah. like, I think they've lost a couple directors and now that he's not on it anymore I think production has halted as they try to God. find a new director. Wow. So, hey, if you're listening to this, i uh, got a couple guys growing ever more familiar with Channing Tatum's filmography. So we don't have any directing experience. In, I mean, I kind of like X-Men, but uh, we can, we can, I think we can do it. Yeah. yeah. We, we can make a lot could. of money. I would easily make a lot of money. So we've uh, we've got a couple other uh, Tatum tots that I have about Jenna Dewan herself. There cool. was some controversy. I think it's just basically Ooh, clickbait controversy. Controversial. She posted a picture on Instagram. That, I don't think it was a sponsored post, but it was something essentially like a a shout out or a plug or something for a product. And it was her in bed with another woman and another guy, and Channing's nowhere to be seen. And people were like, "Where is he? Where is he in this bed?" Because like, you had mentioned before that they were that. People were talking about possibly on the, the rocks. rocks or whatever, right? Yeah, possibly on the rocks, and according so, to the gossip mags, yeah. These stories piling on that, saying, where is he? Why is he not in bed with his wife? Mm. That is... But I mean, like, you have ooh, to imagine maybe. she's, like, a celebrity, too. So, I mean, like, she could be, like, right. a model. You know, this could be, like, any... Yeah, she's gonna make that money. Yeah. There were two other things I saw about her, also. There was one where they were on a red carpet together. Mm. The World of Dance launch, whatever World of Dance is. She's, I guess she's a judge on one of them. Apparently. But she showed up, and there is a story on the Daily Star saying... Channing Tatum's wife unleashes ample assets in seriously skimpy crop top. Can you send me that picture? Sure can. That would be perfect. I need to analyze this purely, purely for its Channing related. Oh yeah, she's very attractive. Oh, I mean, yeah, we knew that. This, I thought, I thought they were hinting at no, yeah, it's very ample assets, but uh, no, she's like pretty close to be honest. 
Yeah, just like a lot clothed. of leg in this photo. Yeah, no, and there was a there's a related article to that story if you want about you know dresses with high leg slits. So there's all sorts of oh, wow. uh, holes you can go down the internet. So yeah, so you know Daily Star Six keep up hours the good work. I guess later there is also another thing that I found something we will cover eventually on the clip show episode of this show okay. is that they competed against each other on lip sync battle. And spoiler alert for that, Channing Tatum did a Beyonce song in round two, and Beyonce showed up, and so for some reason. Jenna Dewan last week did an interview about the quote nerve-wracking lip-sync battle dance for Channing. So she was, oh. you know, worried. He was apparently worried because it was a big secret. Because like you can see on her face in that clip, she has no idea that she loved Beyonce. He loves Beyonce. I mean, who doesn't love Beyonce? Yeah, and true. when she comes out, Jenna Dewan loses her mind. There's a there's an interview on E News, eonline.com, about that. On the note of Beyonce, it's not like a Tatum top, but have, did you see all like the gifs of Blue Ivy at the Grammys? like shushing Beyonce and then no you oh you didn't see any of these no it was really great seen a lot of Luna legend or Luna Teagan I don't know what her last name is a lot of Chrissy's been posting a lot of pictures or a lot of Uh, videos of Luna so that's the only celebrity baby that I've seen recently or celebrity toddler or whatever just like as a side story Beyonce and Jay-Z were obviously at the Grammys and Blue Ivy's with them she's like Blue Ivy's like a a, like a small child now like she's she like, like five now yeah she's about five she's at the grammys and she's sitting in yeah. between them and they're like applauding for something i don't know i didn't watch it i'm just seeing like the videos and the gifs and blue ivy like takes her hand and like covers beyonce's hands and then like like signals to like shush and um <laughs> and everybody's like damn blue ivy where's the pants in the in this house and then like later on i didn't notice yeah. it but they found more pictures and it and everybody had changed seats and jay-z's sitting in between Beyonce and Blue Ivy, <laughs> and they were just like, "Oh, dude, like Blue Ivy's gonna get her ass beat when she goes home." Stopping some intra family beefs right there, Jay Z. Yeah, it was like such a dad move. He's like, "You two need to be separated," you know? Like that was, yeah, that has nothing to do with Channing Tatum, but a little Beyonce in your day will always brighten it up. So yeah, absolutely. We should maybe have a Beyonce segment on all of our shows. Just what's 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 going on with Beyonce lately? <laughs> well, you'll never fucking know. She's like more hidden than Kylie Jenner. Holy fuck! Like I mean, like she's like out there, but then like she'll just like disappear from months and stuff so who knows yeah. is yeah. Kylie pregnant are we were you committing to Kylie being pregnant I think we did I, th- I really All think right. that we did because oh um, my sister had a theory Kylie was carrying Kanye and Kim's shout out Maria Kylie was carrying Kim and Kanye's baby and she was their surrogate oh. whoa yeah, I didn't even think about it until my sister told me that, and I was like, "Damn, I, this is a whole. This just turned into like all pop culture." Sorry. To bring it back full circle, no, that's fine. To bring it back full circle, I have one other Tatum tot on SciFi.com. Somebody wrote okay. a post: "103 thoughts I had while watching Jupiter Ascending." which is a movie starring Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis, directed by the Wachowskis. Oh, I didn't know that this is a movie. Which I love, which you I like cannot it? wait to talk about. Oh, cool. yeah. The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time. This is their most recent yeah. movie. I did not love it the first time. This was one that went through production hell. It finally got released. People were very harsh about it. I went to see it. was a little disappointed. Saw it again had it introed properly at the draft house in Austin, and I was like, oh, I'm in the right headspace, and then I loved it. So it's oh, a crazy, over-the-top cool. sci-fi movie. It's cool that, like, you can get, like, if you get, like, an intro of yeah. a movie 
that it can really change your perspective on it. I, this is cool. This is why, like, I like talking with you about movies. Is because a lot of the time, like, I'll watch something and I'll either like love it or hate it, and then we'll like talk, like, we'll talk through it, and then I'll be like, eh, and change my mind on how I felt originally about yeah. it. And that's why also why I love our film club on that site that we, the film club that we run, because our favorite website that we don't mention the name of. There's so many people who have weird opinions about things, and a lot of them might be dumb, but a lot of the people, like, you know, even if we get just one or two people per week, they're like, oh, I didn't think about it like that or whatever. Like, it's it's worth True. discussing. The coolest one was when people. the guy watched, we had selected the OJ trial movie, and the guy's like, I didn't know who OJ was. And we were like, holy shit. Like, can you imagine yeah. watching any OJ documentary and being like, wow, he murders someone? <laughs> like, that'd yeah. be really crazy, right? That was bananas. Yeah. Do you have any Tatum Tots, or is that a sort of a pretty comprehensive? No, that was it. I don't have any this month. Was. It was just more about Gambit. It's kind of like uh, Jenna Dewan wearing jeans, all kinds of dumb stuff. <laughs> I think you covered it. <laughs> What? No, I just like that she's wearing jeans, and that's news. That, so that's cool. That's a whole fucking article, I swear to God. I, I believe it. Going to talking about this movie and, you know, changing perspectives on things, would it change your opinion of this movie, Havoc, from 2005, if I told you it was originally written movie. in 1993 by a okay. 14-year-old L.A. student who was writing about her classmates? A 14-year-old girl wrote the treatment, not the script, but sort of the outline what this movie would be about in 1993. Would that change your perception of how you view this movie? That this was basically written by a 14-year-old? No, totally not, because I think I can get the, like, that maybe she made the skeleton of it. Yeah. That makes it seem exactly like what it felt like, which is that this was a bunch of kids that had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And that always cracks me up. It seems like she probably had a group of friends that thought they were gangsters, and they weren't. And that's, like, the beginning of the movie. I don't know how much of it she wrote so i'd imagine that like graphic group rape scene and stuff weren't part of the real story and she was just telling you about like her stupid friends yeah i have no idea but what's crazier about that's a guess backstory... that's a complete assumption but yeah and i have i have no proof to back that up or not i don't know yeah so this movie was originally written in 1993 or a version of it it kicked around for a, a bunch of years eventually got rewritten by this other by this guy okay in uh, Stephen Gagan G A G H A N she wrote it in 1993 2 years later uh, her script was sold to New Line Cinema for $150,000. So, I mean, she's a 16-year-old who sold, you know, something that's almost a quarter million dollars, so that's cool. Well, if she wrote the backbone to this, I don't think she really needed the money because I'm assuming that she was one of the rich white kids. Well, just hold on, because okay. this story has a dark end. So, cool. seven years later, you know, in 2002, I guess this guy, Stephen Gagan, rewrites it. Yeah. On June 6th, 2003, just before filming began... The girl who originally wrote this movie, Jessica Kaplan, died in a oh. plane crash. Whoa! That's who that was in memory of. Okay. Yes. I didn't know who Jessica Kaplan was. Her uncle was flying the plane. Wow. And killed, and all four people on board died. Do we know who the other two people were, or is it like... I don't think so. Okay. Damn. Okay, wow. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, so she didn't even get to see this movie that she... That was her brainchild, her, her baby. Her erotic you know I mean? fan so fiction. It was originally called The Powers That Be, and then it was renamed to be Havoc, which is an equally bad name, I think. So, Fire S. Titles, yeah. very deep potential for this film, Fire S. Titles. Yes. What's also amazing about the backstory of this movie... So, okay, so this movie is about... It follows two girls, two white girls in L.A. who hang out with wiggers uh, with a W. I don't think we should use that word. I mean, they use that word. Yeah, they they use the word. Faux gangsters. Faux gangsters, all white faux gangsters, including a real 
ghetto, stupid Joseph Gordon-Levitt who is so bad in this movie that I kind of oh, love it. He's fucking terrible. It's like I love him as an actor, and like okay, so I really love the movie Brick. We've talked about this, probably right. not here, but we've talked about it. It's yep. like one of my favorite movies, and I think he's amazing in that. And this is like the so insufferable of him trying to be gangster. It's really horrible. I mean, but you're right. It kind of fits, right? Because like if he's like this white kid that like really wants to be a gangster and he's like you know 15 or 16 or whatever then it probably does actually seem a lot like this like in real life it's just like god it's so annoying but yeah and this was only i think a year before brick so this is right around that same time yeah i was imagining it was really close yeah channing tatum with a very small role in that role and then we've got troy who is the leader of this faux gang the plc is that what they call themselves yeah they call themselves the plc i don't know what this stands for it's like no i don't know either i think it's pine something crew like the pine pine lidge crew i don't know i forget what the name of their development was but that's pretty funny to me but then the actual gang i think is a 16th street gang right yes that's the actual who are like the latin gang, kings the, or something the gang bangers yeah yeah, yeah yeah so the movie follows two white girls who are with these guys and then sort of literally cross the train tracks or just drive to east l.a and want to become involved in this, you know, gangbangers. Yeah, but you, you're, like, skipping ahead. It's like... It's I like We're, the... g- we're going to get to all that. We're okay, going to get okay. to all that. Cool. I want to set this up because it stars Anne Hathaway and Bijou Phillips. Anne Hathaway in this movie drops a couple hard N-bombs in her song early on. Yo! I don't know if you caught there's that. There's a lot. There's a lot of white kids saying the N-word that makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like it. I really, really don't like it. I think pretty much the only person I could ever hear that word and not flinch would be, like, maybe Eminem. But, like, even then I'd be like, eh, I don't know about this. Right. But, yeah. She, in Hathaway, gets topless a couple times. She, yeah, we see some tits. You know, that was good. Yeah. Goes down on a guy, masturbates in the film, has sex in the film. I think masturbate is a loose word. She, like, touches her vagina once. The, the point I'm making here is that this is only her sixth film, believe yeah. it or not. But by this point, she's already done both princess diaries movies she's already done ella enchanted and so this feels to me like she was like super wholesome at this time exactly like this is a conscious decision sort of seems like for everybody like there's a lot of people in this movie that i'm like oh shit like she's in this sherry appleby doesn't have a huge part but she's the brunette their friend you know like they sort of go to that party like there's the three of them and then one goes away like that's sherry appleby she's been in a bunch of stuff joseph gordon levitt feels like sort of out of character kind of weird for him like he's really out of himself distance himself from like the third rock from the sun character lots of crazy stuff here but anyway the reason i bring all that up it's anne hathaway and bijou phillips the anne hathaway role was originally cast to be mandy moore another whoa even worse when i okay so when i was watching this movie i was like who could be worse for this role than anne hathaway my pick would have been reese witherspoon oh okay she's not involved in this at all but no i know i'm just saying like if i had to pick someone that i was like that like would make me cringe trying to smoke crack it would be reese witherspoon anne hathaway is pretty bad and there is the worst crack smoking I've ever seen in a film in this movie, which we will get to. Yeah. Mandy Moore was originally cast, but dropped out and yes. was replaced by her Princess Diaries co-star, Anne Hathaway, shortly before filming began. Mandy Moore reportedly left the project because she felt uncomfortable with the film's subject matter, which I don't know why you sign on to do this. Like, you've read the script, and then, like, I guess you just have a change of heart. Like, that's weird. If you read the script, you would know what's going You know what probably happened is Mandy Moore just didn't want to show her tits, like, 
twice. I guess. I'm guessing that that's what it is. I think that she probably, like, signed on and was like, yeah, I'll do this edgy movie, and they're like, and she's like, we're just not going to do the topless scenes, I'm going to talk them out of it, and they're like, no, yep. like, we need those, and she's like, right. I'm uncomfortable with the subject matter. That makes sense to me. I'm Again, assumption... But that's what I feel like happened. Before I continue, do you th- I I, I kind of feel like you need the topless scenes in this because I, I think you really need to show like it's these good girls gone bad, right? No, I, I don't ever think you need topless scenes. I mean, obviously I enjoyed them. You need something like it though. Yeah, 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 yeah. If they would like actually smoked crack, then that could have worked to co- like be as good as the topless scenes, in my opinion. Well, I guess even like in the, in the opening whatever montage or whatever the opening sequence where she you know goes down on that guy in the car, like I guess she didn't need to get topless there like she could have just gone down with him gone down on him in public and like that's sort of the same kind of thing exactly. right like and you could yeah. have did like the cutaway thing also that fucking first intro monologue is painful a lot of, a lot of this movie is very painful but like watching Anne Hathaway like try to be gangster but then also yeah. being Anne Hathaway and then like also like acting for a movie camera is like very very gross. It's it's really weird. So when Mandy Moore was attached, Jenna Malone was attached in the Bijou Phillips role. I don't know if you would know Jenna Malone. She is in The Neon Demon, the Keanu movie about the models in L.A., She's also in one of my favorite movies. So Neon Demon was like one of my 10 favorite movies from last year, or from 2016. One of my 10 favorite movies from last year was Love Song, which is Riley Keough. Yeah, our, who has your my girl. Heart, you know Riley Keough. My yeah. Girl. And also Jenna Malone. They're in that together. Jenna Malone's great. So, But after Mandy Moore left, Jenna Malone was like, well, I'm out too. So then they had Damn. to sort of scramble. They recast the... Anne Hathaway role with Kate Bosworth, who has been in a bunch of stuff. I know her as Lois Lane from that 2006 Superman movie. You know the one that with Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor? I don't know if you saw that, but not the current Superman, the one before this. She was Lois Lane. Then I guess she dropped out and Anne Hathaway came on. But God damn, this movie went through a bunch of people, a bunch of writing. The most interesting thing to me, especially given our history, the role of Emily, the Bijou Phillips role, the other girl, the blonde girl, was offered Please. to Lindsay Lohan. I knew you were going to say it. I was going to say it before you, but you didn't let me get it out. Yes. But unlike Zack Attack a couple years later where producers kept she was saying we cast for every her. movie, every movie in Zac Efron's career had Lindsay Lohan in it at some point and then got thrown out. This one, Lindsay Lohan turned it down. She says, quote, I got this one script where the girl wants to join a Latino gang and she gets raped. I can't be doing that right now. I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> Little does she know what's about to happen in her life. Not that she. Oh, really? Was this before like that? Her... It had to be after. No, no, no. Because the Charlie St. Cloud stuff and everything like that was 2009-ish, right? And that's when she can't get employed. Like that's when she can't get hired. 2004 was Mean Girls. So if they're shooting this in 2003, oh, 2004. God. This is Mean Girls era Lindsay Lohan. Little, little does she know how bad this could have looked. But yeah. And the other crazy thing before we actually get into the movie is that this movie is directed by a woman, Barbara Koppel, right? And yes. so Barbara Koppel, I was like, oh, cool, a female director. Then I Always awesome. Congrats to women. That Bijou Phillips and Anne Hathaway refused to do any press or promotions because producers basically got too involved and took away the final cut of this movie from Barbara Koppel. They let her direct this movie, and then they're like, no, 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 honey, we got this. And so the unrated cut, the extra cut, the only one 
one that came out in America is the producer's cut. That's the one that we watched. There's a okay. version that's like seven minutes shorter, and they call it unrated. Like there's some like extra juicy details or whatever. There's a website I think called like Movie Censorship or something that basically compares versions. Oh, I didn't know about this. This is a cool website. I, I, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, use yeah. that later. That's cool. and there's like five or six scenes that are about a minute longer, but they're not like the sexy, you know, steamy scenes. They're like the scene where Anne Hathaway and Bijou Phillips are talking on the football field after Bijou gets gang raped. Like they're not talking about anything like they're just sort of like connecting. Like there's like these weird things and like I don't know why they felt the need to put them in. Like I don't know what happened, but what I'm saying is that this movie was not the movie the director wanted to make. There was such a like commotion about it that it never got a theatrical release in the US. It only went to DVD. So this movie that cost $9 million made like $300,000 on DVD because nobody did, nobody did press for it. It never hit theaters. And it was just like a mess, so... Yeah, I didn't know it like flopped this hard. It's also just like a weird movie, though. Yeah, it is. It kind of seems like it was going to be one of these like film festival darlings, but didn't really come to that, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the yeah. that's what they wanted it to be. Because, like, I mean, it has a feel of a shitty brick, a shitty, like, all of these other mo- You know what I mean? Like Somebody on Letterboxd compared it to Spring Breakers in terms of the main yes. characters do all these things that like they don't they don't understand yeah. the repercussions of their actions but like spring breakers actually kind of has a message you know what i mean like this yeah it's just like oh you know Gets rich jumbled. girls want to get in trouble or whatever and they can they're gonna get bailed out of it yes yes for sure i have one other real quick bit of trivia is that at the end of the movie yes white gang the faux gangsters go to the motel room where the gang rape happened they're like we're gonna go kill these guys they don't mess with our girls all this different stuff yeah they go there none of the gangsters none of the actual 16th street gangsters are there just like their wives and their girlfriends and their kids and everything i thought that it was just like a random i didn't even think it was their wives and girlfriends i thought it was like a random family like living in this hotel not like they had like bailed it okay. could be, I don't know, like, I feel like the fact, and this might be racist, I'm not not racist in the bad way, but I feel like the fact that, like, they bust into a room where it's all, like, Latina women, like, if they wanted to be like, hey, these are unrelated people, they would put, like, any other people there, you know what I mean? Like, I feel no, like but they're in they East LA, the like, room, it's gonna be all Latino people no yeah. matter what. So that was my thought on it. But either way, like, they go, to this, they, yeah. they go to this motel, they're not there, they turn around to leave, they pass on the street, the gangsters. Yes. Cut to black while Anne Hathaway is talking. We hear a gunshot. Then we come back and Anne Hathaway is talking to the camera and the movie ends. So apparently, yes. originally, film ended at Toby's funeral, who's the main guy. He yeah. was the only one who was killed. Malibu's Most Wanted. Can we just call him Malibu's Most Wanted? Sure. Jamie Kennedy? Okay. Yeah. Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. So he was the only one who died. So we, the version that we saw, or I guess every version, you know, whether you got the unrated or the theatrical cut or whatever. Yeah. It's unclear whether Channing lives or not, but in the canon of the story, Channing does not die. So that's good, I guess. Yeah. I'm glad that there's no R.I.P. Channing in this one. We even had, did we have Zeph die in any movies? Um, I mean, he technically died in Charlie St. Cloud and they revived him in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, we didn't have a movie where, like, Zeph is dead. I don't think so. And what's weird, and I don't know if I've said this to you, but, like, over on Watch a Throne, Charlize dies, like, six times in her first, like, 12 movies. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, you told me this. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to figure out dying. here. Yeah. I don't know if Zeph ever actually died. I'm trying to think. We Are Your Friends? No. Neighbors? Dirty Grandpa? That Awkward Moment? Parkland? No. At Any Price? No. He kills somebody in At Any Price, though. Yes, and buries him with his dad. Paperboy, he doesn't die, right? He just gets mm-hmm. peed on by Nicole Kidman? Yeah, he's alive at the end, I think. Lucky One, he doesn't die. Lorax, Liberal Arts, New Year's Eve, Charlie St. Cloud, Entourage, 17 again. Or Zephantine again, I'm sorry. 
Me and Orson Welles, Hairspray, Derby Stallion, Sharp Pace, Fabulous Adventure 2, Baywatch, Miracle Run. No, he never dies, aside from that brief run-in with death. So we've not had Channing die yet here, although he was very, very close. Yeah, he was as close as you can get. I want to go through and talk about my highlights of the movie. Yeah. One, we almost got a Channing freestyle in this movie again. So close. At the end, right? No, at the beginning. They're like standing outside this like, uh, it's like one of the very first scenes. Oh, and they're like the pool at the party. Yeah, yeah, because because um, Malibu's most wanted is like fake rapping. I really thought Channing was gonna kick some bars there, and I was hoping we would get like another rap session from him. But he doesn't say anything, right? He's just sitting. He doesn't there have with a word in the on. movie until the gun scene. He doesn't say. He just like in the background. No, no, no. Time. He has one line in the movie. He has one line in the middle of the movie. But in that opening scene, he's just there. Like there's like a girl passed out on his lap, not like in a sexual way, but she, he's just sort of like holding her, and he's in this really goofy looking hat. Malibu's most wanted. Yeah. Rapping and Hathaway starts singing, drops a couple n bombs in her song, starts making yes. out with the guy. But yes, that I I, I I thought I missed something that he was doing more, but I just saw him. I'm like, oh, like there he is. He's he's in so little of this movie that you have to like actively watch it. Be like, oh oh, he's on yes. screen right now. Okay, we were paying attention. I was paying attention for him, which I'm sure you were doing too. Yeah. So that was like that was my first highlight. Next one, can we go before that? So the the, the movie starts, I think. Before that, they're at the they're de- like down on the beach, right? They're like sort of like on the it's yes. like a Veronica Mars setting, and they're basically <laughs> like West Side Story, sort of the sharks and the jets. It's the two gangs sort of mouthing off at each other, and they kind of get into this like really light tussle, and they're they're all fighting. And like I don't know if you noticed, but like we got so much Anne Hathaway plumber's crack. I was like, this is weird. Like she's we like got fighting it. and like getting dragged around. Oh, you see like the top of her butt. I'm like it's just weird that it's in there. We see it when she's like you know in the quote unquote mess scene too she has some just like top of her butt crack that I, it was weird yeah she needed pants that fit i don't know what the fucking costume design just was wearing those low riders i guess yeah i guess but it wasn't even like like she was like wearing the low riders and like she wanted to be part of a spanish gang but like she didn't wear a thong that like she pulled up over the pit it's like if this was set in the 90s she would have had a thong on and just like hiked it up like she could have been like you know gwen right. stefani in a music video or something but no it's in 2000 i guess she's not wearing underwear in 2005 who knows <laughs> yeah maybe not what's your next highlight next highlight i want to talk about the cameos a little bit in this movie okay we get josh from drake and josh whose name is also josh in this movie what's her name's brother bijou phillips's brother who is he he the one who says i can't believe you have a friend that's that hot yes so i know him from jake and josh which is the dumbass show that my sister used to watch is that the one that we saw the clip of that there's like is that the apartment building one or is that no that's a sweet life no it's not sweet life and zakagodi it's not that but it was it was in the same vein it was like the same kind of dumb iCarly sweet life Drake and Josh. They were all these, like, okay. kid sitcoms, I guess. But like... this was before the era of Zendaya, right? Yeah. yeah. These were all Disney. Are these all Disney? These are all I Disney. don't know if they're all Disney. Because this is after... Because I think even my sister is too old for these, so I never was introduced to these at all. Or if yes. she saw them, it was like when I wasn't in the house or something. So this is a whole yeah. era of, you know, terrible kid shows kid that shows I've never that you seen. Didn't know. Exactly. Yeah, so my sister did used to watch Drake and Josh. I always thought that they were both very annoying to see him in the movie i was like oh shit also that kid got really skinny lately i don't know if you've seen him or not but he went like full transformation and he's like really really skinny or he was at some point what i liked about him in this movie is that he is playing what looks like pokemon yellow on his game boy color yes he is he absolutely is yep i agree i I noticed it it too the next highlight i think is what you the one of the two things you freaked out about to me i think i did okay it is i was gonna talk about both of the things i freaked out about but because we were talking about cameos i'm gonna talk about my other cameo that i freaked out about okay okay which is fucking tuco's in this movie 
Tuco Tuco Sal- Salamanca. Uh, Salamanca. Who is he in this movie? He's the brother of the of the gangster. It's Tuco. I didn't notice him because there's two other things I was noticing about the gangster. the The main thing, the main guy, is Freddy Rodriguez, who is from Planet Terror. Have you seen Planet Terror? The Grindhouse, the no. Robert Rodriguez half of Grindhouse. So he no. plays this guy who go, whose name is El Rey. Robert Rodriguez's TV network is the El Rey network, and everything like that's just it means the king in Planet Terror. Okay. He is El Rey. One of my favorite lines is in the El Rey movie like is, the movie channel that I know what it is. Like I have El Rey. El Rey is, or is it a so fake imagine movie like Robert Rodriguez's style. It's all martial arts movies. It's like yeah, this uh, is what I was just watching movies. this weekend. That's what yeah, I sent you the picture, and I was watching. Yep. I'm watching El Rey. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Robert Rodriguez's TV channel. Oh, cool. Really cool. Nice. Yeah, so he, he programs all of it and everything like that. My favorite line from Planet Terror is, because uh, it's, you know, this corny, over-the-top, throwback to Grindhouse films of the 70s, there's a cop that says, I didn't know you were L. Ray. Like, I didn't know you were, like, the L. Ray. You know what I mean? So, like, I left him this okay. movie. But the more important thing, again, the reason I did not notice Tuco is because the other gangster is Raymond Cruz, who you might know from something that in my fantasy baseball league, which I've talked about before, either on this podcast or for sure on other ones, he is famous to me and my group of friends for being the guy in training day who says, have you ever had your shit pushed in? Like, do you remember that line? <laughs> yeah, I, we quote I that. Do. I didn't realize it was this guy. Training we Day's quote one that of... all the time. <laughs> training Day is one of these movies that I don't love a lot. And like, I've seen it through once. I've seen the beginning like 10 times. But, like, it's not great to me as much as all of my friends loved it when it came right. out. So, people um, love it. People do love it, man. They think it's, like, one of the best Denzel movies and stuff. And I don't know. Training Day to me, it's Denzel being awesome, which is cool. But the yes. movie itself sucks, so. He's in that movie, and we quote it so much. Like, every time somebody in our fantasy baseball league, like, loses a matchup bad, or anytime like, a real, like, a pitcher gives up, like, you know, seven <laughs> earned runs in two innings, we talk about how they get their shit pushed in. <laughs> Similarly, I think I mentioned this on another podcast, but the Mets announcers didn't realize they were had live microphones. And yes. they, they coined their own phrase, and they said, he got his tits lit. And so we're like, that's another one, just like this. So, you yeah. know, getting your shit pushed in, getting your tits lit. But anyway, we quote this guy so much that we love this character so much, this line so much, that we have a Hall of Fame in our fantasy baseball league. Not for, I mean, there are, we're, some of, like, the people who used to be in the league are up for nomination. They have not gotten in yet. But we love this guy so much, we've inducted him into our Hall of Fame, which is very tough to get in, I must say. When I saw him in the movie, I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, oh, my God, I know this guy. I love he this guy. He got his shit pushed in. Yeah. Yeah. In prison. I can't so. believe you didn't notice Tuco, though, because he's the brother, and he's, like, in the movie, like, a lot. Like, he's more, he's way more than Channing is. I didn't recognize him. I have, to, I have to go back and look at it, but yeah. Actually, you know what? I didn't even check it. I just guessed that that's who. It has to be him. <laughs> so let me double check. What's this movie called again? Havoc. This is called Havoc. Havoc. Anne Hathaway. And let me see if fucking Tuco is actually cast in this. Oh, Freddy Rodriguez. Raymond Cruz. I don't know that he is. Raymond Cruz. It's him. No, Raymond Cruz is the guy from... Oh, is that? Wait. So that's the same guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Tuco is Raymond Cruz. He's the guy from Training Day. I didn't realize it was the same person. Oh, there you go, dude. How did you not connect all of these? I don't know. How did you not? I don't know. I, I told you I'm not a big Training Day fan, but I definitely we knew it was Tuco. We both were just, we just had a conversation about how we did, we recognized this guy <laughs> and we didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah. How did you not know it was Tuco if you like knew who it was? That's why I knew who you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, dude, you fucking dropped the ball big time. I don't know anybody's name. It's not are my there other ca- Yeah, I don't know. Are there other cameos that you noted or no? No, that was it. There's one thing I want to point the out. The other big moment. we're not going to talk about her. Oh, no, bef- before we get there, there's one other actress that we're not okay. going to really talk about a lot. But okay. what's really weird about this movie is that the actress who plays 
Anne Hathaway's mom is this woman, Laura San Giacomo. Yeah, she looked familiar. Who is it? I don't know what else she's been. I'm sure she's been in a ton of stuff. The thing I know her from is Steven Soderbergh's first film ever, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which we covered okay. on Cinemakers. Go listen to Cinemakers. But Shout what's Cinemakers. crazy about this, and this is the weirdest thing I thought all movie, is that in Sex, Lies, and Videotape, James Spader plays this guy who basically films women confessing whatever they want to confess to him you know about their first okay. sexual experience whatever 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 and so she plays is it a movie or is it a real life thing it's a movie so it's it's written it's, it's written. like yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay this was St- Soderbergh's first film that won the Palme d'Or at Cannes like it's this really big deal wow okay Laura San Giacomo plays this free-spirited sister of the main character and she gets filmed by James Spader uh, I think she might, I'm not sure, I don't remember exactly, but she might do some kind of like sexual stuff for him, whatever, whatever. What's super weird to me is that she does that in this, in that movie. In this movie, Anne Hathaway gets in front of the camera, she masturbates. I was like, like mother, like daughter. To me, it's the same <laughs> character from Sex Lies, grew up, had a family, had daughter Anne Hathaway, and her daughter is now following in her footsteps. Like, I was just like, what is happening here? Yep, exactly, man. Good point. That's awesome. I love these, like, little connections like that. You know, right? that's pretty much the whole point of our talking, so. Okay, so the two moments that you freaked out about, I know one of them. I'm sure I One, one of them was Tuco. One of them was oh, Tuco, okay. realizing okay. that Tuco was in it. The other one, which I'm sure you saw, too. It was very is, brief, right? It's very brief, but they're yep. driving in the car the first yep. time that they're going to East L.A., they're yep. driving and I'm so glad you caught this. They pass a movie theater and what's playing at the movie theater? The Room. The Room by Tommy Wiseau, the fucking masterpiece. But this is before it's a thing. Like the Room I know it was even cooler, right? Yeah. So this is like if they filmed this in 0304, like it didn't really catch on to like I think 09 or like a while, you know, like a while after or maybe a little bit before that, yeah. like maybe 07 or whatever, but like this is firmly before The Room is a cult classic. This is just like Hey, we're filming this theater LA as we drive stuff. by. But no, like, but they oh make a point God. to like show it. I think that that's like a little like inside LA joke kind of thing. It might be. You know what I mean? Like they had already known because it was already big. You already had like Paul Rudd and people going to see it. It's not like it was unknown to everyone. It was just unknown outside of the LA community, like the movie right community. people knew that it was uh, a movie that was he was he paid to have in theaters for twelve years or eight years or whatever it was, like some crazy yeah. amount, right? With the billboard up, or he paid to have it in theaters. He had the billboard up, whatever he did. Shout out Zach attack that'll be up soon uh this co- this episode oh, yeah, comes out, out feb 11 disaster okay. artist episode should come out i think either late march early april maybe like i think it's coming to blu-ray cool. soon so nice uh, disaster artist coming soon to zack attack yes that'd be really cool i'm excited for it i like that movie a lot and i'm hoping to watch it again soon so but yeah i'm so glad that you caught that because i was like oh my god like i just happened to that was before the movie got really really boring like there's not much that happens in this movie a lot of this like anne hathaway getting into trouble and then like talking her way out of trouble and then just like waiting like that's just what this movie feels like i agree so and i was hoping that you didn't turn away because it was so brief that you know you could have that's that could have been easily missed so that's like pretty much all the like fun stuff i have with this movie the other thing i just want to like just Anne Hathaway's character is just like so weird with this I get that she's like a teenager trying to figure herself out figure her shit out yeah but like why does she so fascinated with like crack houses and stuff like and why does she want to be there I think that goes back to the original treatment written by this 14 year old girl like a girl in high school in LA in very rich white LA sees her friends or maybe older kids or people she knows at least who 
ostensibly have everything, right? They have the money, they have great families. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest problem in this girl's life is that maybe, you know, her parents don't have sex anymore, but her parents are still married. You know what I mean? Like, they have, she, looks at the, exactly. she looks at the fridge, and there's the list, like, you know, make love once a week or whatever. And she even jokes about that with her dad, like, gross or whatever. But, like, the biggest problem in her life is that maybe her parents don't love each other anymore. And so these girls have everything. They have great families, yep. they have all the money, they cars. have cars, they have boyfriends, whatever. Yet, they feel like they're looking for something more. More. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know, I'm just guessing here because it was written by a 14-year-old girl then rewritten by an adult man, who knows, but I feel like it's sort of guessing the motivations and because they're not the ones doing it, like it's not like an autobiography, it's, yeah, I don't know why she's doing it and I feel like that's why the movie's ultimately not good because like she's just doing things with no purpose and there's also no repercussions like she she's fine in the end yeah it's so weird like she, like even when she like went to jail like she like didn't really get in trouble there that's what i'm trying to like figure out like what what could we have done to make this movie better well i'm trying to think like like why does spring breakers work and this doesn't harmony corin obviously because it's fucking beautiful one the story works though better too you know why is because the girls are never pretending like they're never like acting you never see them act and break character from what they're doing they are actively in it selena gomez does but she leaves like the other three are like committed to we're gonna go do dumb but she's not like acting and like breaking character she's like this got too real for me i'm out not like oh i just want to play fantasy world with gangsters those girls are like in it you know what i mean like they're committed to it and i think that that's what doesn't work here if you would take away the camera parts and take away anne hathaway the part where she's like could i be this girl or this girl you know what i mean like yeah the pre-masturbation scene i think that the movie would have actually been a lot better and i feel like when we see somebody that we know like joseph gordon levitt being crazy it's like well, why is this happening like, that's not who you are and i i know that he's playing a part but it's like you know at this point in channing's career like he sort of still fits that meathead gangbanger yeah, exactly. shaved head kind of guy like he's because we saw coach he's carter basically, yeah he's he's the coach carter guy who like didn't get his life on track Right? Or maybe, yeah. you know, he's a rich white kid who just wants to hang out with Toby and Joseph Gordon Levin and just do his thing. I don't think, what's Channing's name in this movie? I don't even know what his name is. I don't think he has a name in this movie, honestly. He's got to. Hold on. Let's see what it is. I don't think they ever mention it because he doesn't talk at all. His name, according to IMDb, is Nick. Cool. All right. <laughs> what an anticlimactic answer. Sick name. Sick name. I think another reason this movie doesn't really work, or at least in comparing it to Spring Breakers, is like when they go to buy crack or weed or whatever they're buying. I don't know what they're buying. This might be a, another instance of Joe's drug corner. This part really took me out of the movie because he goes to buy weed. He says, "What do you want?" He goes, "A quarter," and he's like, "Okay, like 130 bucks." And he gives him like a tiny ass sack of weed that's like two grams. Yep. When a quarter of weed is like. 16 grams right like you're asking wait no three and a half three and a half seven so seven so like it would be like seven grams of weed like that would be like like that's a big you know what i mean amount like it's like like a way bigger bag than this tiny one he's like it's a little short like no fucker like he gave you like a dime (laughs) bag like it's way short like i'd be like what is this bag like this isn't even the right thing like this isn't the right shape and i feel like that's the weird thing is that like that whole scene where he gets out of his car to like beg for change and like you know gets held at gunpoint and pisses his pants i'm like none of this feels real exactly yeah, and and how the fuck was like Anne Hathaway like, oh man, that really gets me thinking about masturbating. You know what I mean? Like, so after they go buy the drugs and he hands over his wallet, I guess probably hands over the drugs, whatever. Yeah, you know, she's like, I think that's the moment where she's like, 
this white boy is uh, a punk. Useless. I want to go with these actual gangbangers, right? And so they go to the party. No, they come back. So she comes. She's with their. She's with their girlfriends, and she's like, "I'm gonna go back. To, like, let's go back to East LA." Like the other chicks, like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." Even though we got mugged there like two days ago, she's like, right. "Yeah, let's go meet the guys that mugged us. That sounds like a great idea." They go by crack, or they get crack, or whatever. Yeah, they somehow get crack. Yeah, they go back to the house and they smoke crack. They're like, "We don't know how." Like, what was the story? She called nine one one to be like, "What are the signs if my mom's smoking crack?" And the nine one one operators says there's going to be aluminum all over the place. So they know apparently... The helpline. Like, she calls the drug helpline. So she knows from that tip alone, I guess, how to smoke crack, but not really, because the crack rock, like, pops off, like, stings Bijou Phillips on the arm, and I guess they get a yeah. little high? I don't know. Whatever. They needed a straw, and how could you not have figured that out? Like, they, like they're all smoking weed and stuff. Like, how would you have not figured out, like, you just smoke it like hash? I don't know. Because they're yes. dumb. They're dumb. Apparently... Way dumber than I expected. They get back, they go back to school, and this is when Channing has his first line in the movie that Malibu was most wanted. Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt go up to them, and they're like, how dare you go over there? And Channing says something like, how are you going to rep it without the PLC? And he's just, like, intimidating. He's just like, you know, that's how it? are you going to go over there without us? And that's all he says. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much. Okay, well, that's good. It's a good line, I guess, maybe. The fake gangster thing is pretty cool, though, actually. I Like, now that I think about it, like, I wish these kids got clowned harder. Oh, so the part of it that isn't real to me that, like, took me out of the movie, too, about this, is it, like, how did those gangsters not, like, fuck these kids up way worse? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think it's so... Uh, I, don't, I don't think they want to kill people. This movie is so against killing people that the person who maybe dies, we don't even see that happen on screen. But I'm saying, like, how did they not, like, really beat this kid with a gun? How did they not mug all of them like it's always like these gangsters are like they like pump the brakes like that's this is the 14 year old girl's representation of it in my head it's like they go down to buy drugs they only mug one guy because he asks for change not like the car got stolen and they like get all mugged you know what i mean like i always assume that it's going to be worst case scenario in these situations and they like really like stop it's also the same in the gang rape scene where like they're like, hey, you want to join our gang? Dude. We get to roll this dice. Yeah, I want to talk all about this scene. If you're ready for it, I'm ready for yes. it. Yes. The reason I sort of jumped to it is because, again, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take a step back, but like when when shit hits the fan in this scene, Anne Hathaway's like. I want out, and they're like, "All right." Like they just stop. It's not like they have this girl in their room. You know what I mean? Like they're like, I have, I have it in my notes. I said, "In what world does this guy not rape that girl?" Like she's like, "I'm in it. My clothes are off." We're at your gang's party. I rolled a one. We've been flirting for like two weeks now. In what world is he like, no, man, I'm a good guy. I have morals. I'm not going to bang this drunk 17-year-old. Also, 17-year-old uh, or whatever, just like Channing in Magic Mike's, Anne Hathaway's like 23, 24, 25 in this movie. So that's our yeah. high school age for, for Magic Mike's apparently. is just if you're 25, you're in high school. Exactly. But yeah, so this... The scene is they go back to the So it starts wait, let me start motel. let's take let's take it back let's go take it back it. a little bit further. So first is that like okay, we get the night that she like finds him on the corner and they kinda go to this first party, right? Cool, we talked about that. She goes back and I don't know I didn't really catch how this happens, but she's just like in this like bodega kind of clothing store thing and he just like shows up like how the fuck did she know he was in this bodega did she like meet him there what was going on that she just like why is it like a cloth like he's like i'm just like she's like i'm just looking around and he's like me too and like 
looks her up and down. And I'm like, why the fuck did she wind up? What was going on there is what I, I wanted to know. I think she's just hanging out in East L.A., maybe hoping she runs into them. Or, like, that's the life that she wants like to That sounds like dumbest, most dangerous shit I've ever heard in my life. This whole movie is the dumbest, most dangerous shit ever. Yeah, it's, like, so fucking stupid. Like, I'm not a scaredy person. I know that I have these conversations a lot. I've lived in places that are, like, bad cities have gone through scary neighborhoods but like i'm also not gonna like hang out in a scary neighborhood you know what i mean like i've crossed through them there's no place i'm scared to drive through there's no place i'm scared to walk through just you shouldn't be in these places intentionally you know what i mean like if you have to do it you have to do it but like there's a difference between seeking it out and then also just like passing through once but that's the point of the movie is that this girl is like i want this lifestyle or whatever so she's just shopping on the east side and whatever like it's just dumb there's no point to it and we don't have a reason for it because we're not in anne hathaway's head we're basically in the head of some girl who's not in this movie yes fair they go back to the motel right and it's like the motel that eventually well she meets them because she almost gets them arrested because she's there right and this was like there this is when i said the date went really wrong this date went real south real fast when they're like she goes and hangs out with him alone and then the cops show up and they're like get the fuck out of here why are you hanging out with crack dealers that's when she goes to prison for a night right and, she or, goes to prison for a night or, or ju- juvenile detention center i think yeah then she shows up like a, like a quinceanera basically right and she's like and he's like oh i thought you fucking turned us in but the, he she didn't obviously because they didn't really get arrested he's just putting the heat on her yeah and he's just like you know how dare you like i can't believe you got arrested you're gonna whatever whatever and she's like i didn't talk he's like i know you didn't talk because we didn't get arrested and, like he put on this like front and then he's like oh no this, this white girl's cool because she didn't rat on us so you can hang out yeah. at this quinceanera or whatever it's it's really funny that there's some random quinceanera that's like right mildly that's basically racist. what it is I mean, we don't... it is no it is i mean yeah i get it too i thought the exact same thing and it's like couldn't they have just had like another party like you have to make it a quinceanera but like okay cool i mean i guess just shout out too fast too forever just it's a family gathering right it's you know? a yeah i'm surprised they weren't drinking coronas honestly but go ahead <laughs> basically at this point they're in with the crew they achieve their life goals hashtag squad goals they go to the motel either that night or shortly thereafter and they're like we want in she says i want to hang out she's like you mean this motel right and he's like and he's like yeah and she's like i'll see you there later and so they like show up to the motel which sounds like a horrible idea and if i had a teen daughter yeah i would beat the shit out of my teen daughter up and down this motel if i ever caught my 17 year old like at a motel in a hood place i would be so you're right this is spring breakers though right because isn't these the exact same thing they do in spring breakers essentially well you know what's also really funny i just realized is that in coach carter they go to a motel and shit goes down in a motel too like they all sneak out of that oh. motel and they go to the you know they go to the, the house party so like motels featuring very prominently here in magic mics yeah apparently they're at uh, a party at this like dumpy motel there's a bunch of people there they're like we want in and they're like okay cool here's the plan you roll a die they've been drinking a ton and they're like yep. how do we see they're sick of their fake white wannabe gang they want to join a real gang and the guys are like cool you can but you roll a die whatever number you roll you have to have sex with that many guys. And they're like, cool, down. And Anne Hathaway rolls a one, of course, and so she gets the leader. She gets Freddie Rodriguez, El Rey. Yeah, she like looks at him, movie. and he's like, you have to pick the one that you want. And she's like, okay. 
Bijou rolls a three, which could have been way worse, but she gets Could have been way worse. There's also three guys there, so I don't know. If she rolled a number higher than three, I guess they go just find other random guys. Who knows? They both lay down with a guy. She picks Tuco. It feels like, and I mean, this is gross oversimplification, but it seems like Anne Hathaway's going to have like this sort of like almost sensual lovemaking, and Bijou's yeah, like getting exactly. choked out over there. And Anne Hathaway yeah. freaks out about Bijou, and is like, I can't do this anymore. She hears Bijou having like pretty tame but rough intercourse. I don't know if she's feeling it, but she's like, she's I want into it. Like, she, her desire, drunken desire, whatever. You know, and they also talk about maybe they were dosed, maybe they were drugged or whatever. In that moment, she's like, I want in this gang. I'm going to do what it takes. Don't take this from me. But Anne Hathaway freaks out. Yeah, and she's like, I'm about it, man. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. El Rey puts up a little resistance, it feels like, and then he's like, all right, whatever. She leaves and just goes, sits outside. Yeah, that's the part that I couldn't, this is the part that I couldn't get. They're about to have this, like, sensual moment, right? And then all of a sudden, like, Anne Hathaway's like, I can't do this. And he's like, okay, you can leave then. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck kind of world it's is this? It's super strange. And then but she tries yeah. to get Bijou out. Bijou's like, no, 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 I'm here for this. She's like, I'm tr- I'm like, she's like, dude, I told you I was going to do this. I'm going to fucking do it. And so Anne Hathaway's like, cool, I'll just wait outside then. Okay, fine. Then shit escalates to the point where like all three dudes are basically on the bed with her and Bijou starts screaming. Anne Hathaway runs in and then the guys all run out. I'm like, what is, ha- like, what is, like, what? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, she was like so about it three minutes ago. My exasperation with this is like, why would the guy who are there it's this thing about like you know it's this rape scene whatever it was very consensual until she freaks out but i don't understand the logic of the movie and maybe that's just again like they're nice guys but like they're having sex with her she freaks out and they leave like it feels like the way that these characters are characterized the way that these people are characterized they wouldn't just sort of give up on that. They would right. be like, no, but they're we're like, in oh, this now. She said, no, we respect exactly. that. We're going to leave. And it's like, oh. Yeah, like, no, we're, we're actually gentlemen. To me, it looked like, this This is going to sound gross, but to me, it looked like there was two of them at a time at one point. Oh, no, definitely. That's, no, that's what happened because out. it's one, it's like one-on-one with both, and then there's like a third guy just there. Anne Hathaway leaves, and I think, like, all three of them, basically, or at least two of them, like, go on to Bijou's bed, and that's when she freaks out. Like, that's exactly what happened. Yes. I just, if this movie, if the point of this movie was to say, hey, I mean, this would be a crazy movie, but if the point of the movie was like, hey, not all gangbangers are bad, then, like, you have to depict them in other situations. Gangbangers is the appropriate word (laughs) right now. You have to depict them in other situations where, like, interacting with, like, you know, show them with their grandmother or, like, a little niece or something. Like, hey, like, you know, they're they're sweet guys. Yeah, like, the quinceanera could have been, like, he could have had presents. He could have, like, you know, been like, oh, this, yeah, you're right. Like, this is my niece and, like, picked her up. Or, like, here's my, you know, goddaughters or something. But all we see of them is fighting with the, quote-unquote, heroes of the film, you know, Toby and his boys, including Shannon. Yeah. We see them dealing drugs we see them with guns yes it's all these gang stereotypes to the point where we get to the motel and they just like hey man no means no we're gonna respect that and it's like why like we're like not it just doesn't make sense consent can change consent can change we're out like what the fuck yeah i agree that's like that's what i was like really really confused in about this so yeah shit got real really fast got really fast in that scene it went from like it being playful to, like, this looks weird, and then they're just like, I'm out. It's all right. Yeah. And then Anne Hathaway and I think I think Bijou's parents talk Bijou into talking to the cops, right? And then that's when they arrest El Rey. Wait, Bijou 
comes back. I don't think Anne Hathaway convinces her to talk to the cops. Well, there's there's a scene outside where Anne Hathaway is saying something along the lines of like, you know, you didn't want this. Maybe you were drunk. Maybe you were dosed. Blah 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 blah. You gotta say something. I don't know. I don't know who convinces her, but eventually Bijou goes to the cops. Okay. Yeah. That's... I think somebody goes to the cops where they arrest El Ray, and that's what pisses off the other six gangsters gang guys to go. Yeah. Who want to then take out all the white guys? This is such a white girl's fucking response to this, and it's so frustrating to me. I'm not condoning what happened, right? But at the same time, like, you girls put yourselves in this situation. It's not that it's right that it happened, but from an omniscient perspective watching this movie, she totally put herself here. They didn't, like, go and find her. They didn't come to rape her. She wanted to go down to, like, East L.A. She wanted to be with these guys. She wanted to roll the dice. She wanted to be in that room. And now... You're having second thoughts about it. You weren't coerced into doing this. It's an Aziz situation, sort of. We shouldn't go down too far on this path on this podcast, because this is not what the podcast is about. No, it's not. But I'm saying just, like, it's frustrating that the response is like, okay, let's get this guy arrested. One of them, only one of them. Right. Let's pick, like, one of them to arrest when this was by all means consensual before. Yeah, okay, I'm done talking about it, but yeah. It was just really jarring, and in the situation, like, in the climate today, I was like, motherfuck again. It's just another example of how the movie has no internal logic. Like, there's nothing It doesn't make sense, you're right. from one yep. scene to the next. The writing could have fixed this. Like, why didn't they just make it a real rape scene? You know what I mean? Like, if they would have been like, okay, like, we want to be in this gang, and she's like, I don't know about this, and they're like, roll the fucking dice, then I'd have been like, okay, cool, like, I'm on her side. roll the dice, like, you owe me three scalps or whatever, you know, like, in Glorious Bastards yeah. style, like, you owe me three, like, three guys need to be in you, or whatever, whatever. like, there's... There's ways to make this the actual scene that the movie wants yes. it to be, but yes. it's not. Yeah, I don't know why they toned it down. Like, is what, is this movie rated, like, PG-13 or something? Oh, no, it's for sure rated R. Yeah, because there's tits in it, right? Okay, so, so like, why the fuck did you just not make this, like, a real rape scene? And, like, everybody can be on the side of, like, okay, like, this girl got fucked. Like, this is terrible. Okay, so they pick up the guy, Tuco and his brother or Tuco and the other gang member like drive to Beverly Hills to like look for these kids to fuck them up and get them to not talk about this and Hathaway's like try- like oh shit she's gonna tell on like my half a boyfriend now that like he had sex with her it just gets like really weird then because Anne Hathaway now tries to like pump the brakes because she sees then the videographer comes back who we didn't we haven't thought about him for fucking the whole movie right I don't think we've mentioned him on this podcast there's just like a white boyfriend not boyfriend but like just a white friend of hers who's in screen like a home video or something or like a school project or something about it seems like he's making a documentary yes yeah he's making a documentary about this crew about their crew about their gangster crew but he's not part of the crew like he just has access to the crew and he's the one who interviews Anne Hathaway when she's masturbating and he's the one interviewing them at the beginning of the movie and then he's the one who who interviews her at the very end and it's this weird narrative device that doesn't play into anything at all like it doesn't make anything he could be cut out of the movie easily yep he could easily be cut out of the movie what's also crazy is that if you cut him out this movie you know the, 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 the theatrical cut I guess the one that the director wanted is 85 minutes long. You cut him out. Like, this is significantly under 80. This movie's not long, and it feels forever. It does feel long. We talk about pacing and, like, length of movies a lot. 
and this movie felt longer than Blade Runner. Blade Runner is like what twice as long as this movie. Yeah. So you know, I always sort of assume and kind of fear. Like you know, we do so many podcasts. I do so many podcasts. I'm watching a lot of movies, and I sort of fear every time that we 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 find a movie that I've never seen before that's going to be over two hours. Like when we get a movie like this, that's 85 or 92 minutes. I was like, oh yeah, cool. we're like, like sick. Same easy. Yes. Yeah. The first half, like the movie's not good, but I feel like the first half there's so much weird, crazy shit going on. You're like, oh, like okay, this is going along and then it hits this point in the middle of the movie and i don't know when like i don't know if there's a moment but i was like oh god but there's like the back half of this is just nothing happens yes it's just and maybe it's like after that rape scene it's just nothing is going on and there's a lot of conversations about like what to do yeah that last 20 minutes you're right is that's when we you and i were talking and you were like oh you got about 20 minutes left and i was like oh fuck rape scene but then after that we get the other the big channing scene this is the whole movie like this is my favorite part of the movie we we could have we could have watched this part i could watch that scene over and over again because it's awesome they're basically making a low rent white rap video where they're just like holding guns and intimidating the camera and like yo 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 and channing's got like a rifle it's so white they like raided their dad's gun cabinet you know what i mean because he has like a hunting rifle and like all this shit and it's just like it's really funny like they clearly like don't really know what they're doing with the guns and they're just like trying to make and he's like the dude's like dude if you guys are really gonna go shoot someone like we shouldn't have this on film and he's like no my life is a movie <laughs> it's like okay whatever bro they're trying to be so tough and like it's just not working at all also then we get this kind of almost the room type situation where you get the reveal that Anne Hathaway finds this out by him playing them the movie in yeah. the movie to Anne Hathaway so it's like we just see this scene yeah. you leave the scene and they're like you're never gonna guess what just happened and Anne Hathaway's like what and he's like here's the scene that we just saw for emphasis and it's like okay cool there's somehow enough time in the world of this movie that these guys are basically psyching themselves up to go kill these gangbangers but there's enough time for the videographer to go home upload render and edit the footage show it to Anne Hathaway and then it's still enough time for Anne Hathaway to go to Toby and, or to go to Malibu's Most Wanted and be yeah. like, I don't think this is a good idea. And he's like, fuck that. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to kill him or whatever. Bitch, you ain't in my crew anymore. It feels like there's a day in between the time when they shot that and then they actually went. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. I don't know how that they're, like, in the car and ready to do this. How far away is Beverly Hills from East LA that they have like six hours before they I mean, make it I mean, with traffic, there? it might be four hours. Who knows? West side True. to east side. You're knows? right. But yeah, they burst into the motel room. There's just the Spanish girls there with the, the kids. And they're, you know, they're saying yes. in Spanish, don't hurt my baby, don't hurt my baby. And then these guys, they're not just going to kill random people. They're like, oh, we got to get out of here. And then that's when they ship's passing in the night, closing voiceover video interview with Anne Hathaway. But I love this. I actually do kind of really enjoy this now, the more that I'm thinking about it. The point where you say like, this is like Spring Breakers. I do enjoy the point where... And Hathaway calls him. He's like, "Nah, bitch, you ain't in the crew anymore. I, dr I kicked you, like I booted your ass." <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, cool." So he's like being a gangster. And then they like pull up to the light, and he's like, "Hey guys, what are we doing tomorrow?" And they're like, "I don't know." You know, like, <laughs> and he just like instantly like this like random white high schooler again. And it's like, "Oh shit, yeah, I forgot the dichotomy of it." Like, it if the writing was better, I think it would be so much more amusing. You know what I mean? For him to be like, "Guys, like, does everybody want to watch the game tomorrow?" 
Like, I don't know, man. I got dinner with my mom. I think the big reason this doesn't work and the reason Spring Breakers does is because Spring Breakers is a satire. Like, it's smart enough to know, like, look at these dumb girls thinking they're, like, having the time of their lives. Like, it's, but it's satire, so yeah. over the top that that movie, spoiler for Spring Breakers, so we're eventually going to cover Spring Breakers, I think, on Too Fast, Too Forever for I think reasons so. that I don't talk quite make sense. Sure. The, the movie ends with a video game shootout where they go and they just kill an entire house full of guys without taking a bullet. Like, that's the movie that the, yeah. that is. This could be, in a way, a satire of, like, L.A., East First West gang rivalry or whatever, of these white boys or whatever. Maybe. You know. Shout out to Tokyo Drift with Sunny Chiba, Hattori Hanzo, where he's like, you know, a silly white girl likes to play with samurai swords. Like, this, if this movie yeah. was like, look at these dumb kids who think they're gangster, look how dumb they actually are, but the movie's like, no, man, this is a real problem, we're gonna portray this real, but nothing makes sense. And, like, it, I think it's because it doesn't take that, like, bird's-eye view, that omniscient view of, like, hey, look at all these dumb kids, how dumb they are. Like, they're all 18-year-olds, like, with trust funds and, you know, college acceptance letters and yeah. everything. You know what I mean? Like, they have everything. If it would have got a little zanier, I think you're right. Exactly. Like, if they would have pushed it just a little bit more, you'd have been like, oh, yeah, like, this makes way more sense, you know? But they never do, and so that's why the movie is just garbage. Yep, 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 agreed. I don't have any other notes about Havoc before we get to the games. Do you have anything else you want to say about this movie? No. That's all my notes. I think we talked about everything that I had covered. We even talked about Channing's goofy-ass hat that he had, which I thought was awesome, so... Yes. One thing I want to point out to you about the movie poster. So if you search on Google Images... I got it. On IMDb? No. So if you search Havoc poster, there is this website called Creative Loafing Atlanta, whatever it is. But it's Anatomy of a Movie Poster. So if you look at this, I just posted it Oh, fuck. This is really crazy. Within two or three years, I think the mid-2000s, Havoc... Babel, the Brad Pitt movie, and Savages, yes. which I think might be the uh, the Blake Lively movie, Maybe. all three of them have movie posters where the letters for the movies, the titles, are vertical, so instead of left to right, they're top to bottom. Negative space. Each letter is in front of a scene from the movie. So in Havoc, there's five scenes. In Babel, there's five. In Savages, there's seven. They're basically the same movie poster released exactly at the same, the same time. There's a lot of talk today about how like every movie poster is like blue and orange, like every action movie, every whatever. There's so many posters that like nobody's creative anymore, but this is like just blatant. Now, which one was first? Which one had come first? Um, so this movie's 2005. Babel is 2006. Savages, I think, is 06. Savages is 2012. Whoa. Yeah, so, okay. Savages is Blake Lively, Taylor Kitsch from Friday Night Lights, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's the star of Kick-Ass. So I didn't know... That's not a good movie. I saw that in theaters. But I didn't know that they were all in it. I remember Blake Lively. I don't remember the guys. So maybe I'll check that out again. But yes, same, same movie poster, which is weird. What's also weird, for every picture for the episodes that I put on cageclub.me, I pull the title art from a poster and put it on the picture, the still or whatever. Yeah. This poster with Havoc vertically doesn't exist on the internet in like a usable size. Like the biggest one that's clear is like 300 pixels tall. So I don't know what this poster is from, but it's not the main poster. The main poster is the, like yeah. this really terrible Photoshop I and have to be laying down or something. It looks very Lifetime movie-esque. I was like just clicking through the IMDb pictures because I had seen the other poster and it's like very 90s 
movie poster situation going on. So. And that's why when I first started the movie before you did, I was like, you're going to love this movie. Because the first like five or ten minutes, I'm like, this is so Lifetime. Like, this is terrible. It could cheesy, get good, yeah. But it never does. Exactly. Like, it, it's downhill no. from there. And not enough chanting in it. But yeah. So our first segment, our first game is the mailbag. We have two emails. We have an email address, magicmikes, M-I-C-S, at cageclub.me. Send us whatever. We will read literally anything you send on air. Stripper pictures. We have two emails, both from superfan Jenny McMullen. Shout out, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny, for the emails. Hi, Jenny. I mean, also, shout out, Rachel. Rachel did not email. Um, yeah, but let's, shout out Rachel. let's remember to let's remember to to not forget Rachel, <laughs> who also listens to these. But thank you, Jenny, for the emails. Lack of a shout out to Jess Montez, who did not email once again. I think we'll uh, explain the whole like why we keep referencing Rachel on the next Too Fast Too Forever. I think it'll be appropriate yeah. there. But yes, but so, thank you, Rachel, for listening. We appreciate you listening. So first email from Jenny McMillan, subject line, fan mail. This is the one, remember I said, you know, I, I've read on these last two episodes, The Boyfriend Material and The Too Fast, Too Forever, that she wrote like six emails one night. So these are the ones that yes. she wrote to Magic Mike's subject line, yeah, fan mail. Yeah, split them all up, right? Yeah, I remember this. Just listen to your most recent podcast, which is War of the Worlds. Haven't okay. seen the movie and not looking to anytime soon. Totally fair. You definitely don't Don't have to do it. Me. It's pretty useless. Yep. Could have watched it when my husband did, but it just didn't appeal to me. Not sure why. I did, however, see a Channing film last weekend. Didn't realize he was Ooh, in which it one? until about halfway through. It's a little bit of a game we're going to play. Because she, okay. she, she sets it up like a game. Didn't realize he was in it until about halfway through when he came out of the basement. Does that give you any hints? Uh, no. I don't know any basement Channing. I told you, I'm not a, I, I don't know a lot of the Channing movies. The next sentence is probably going to give it away for you. Okay. I was watching it because it was a QT film. A Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what it is yet? I forget which one he's in. Can you figure out which one I'm talking about since I know Joe likes games so much? Is it Inglorious Bastards? Know. Is he in that one? Nope. Another hint is that he played a character named Jody. I'm pretty sure you'll figure it out, but if you don't, I guess I'll have to write and let you know. I mean, I knew it as soon as she said halfway through the movie comes out of the basement. We'll get to that years from now, literal years from now, when it's, it's a recent movie. As far as the nickname suggestion goes, Django? I'm thinking Channing, I'm thinking Channing is a unique enough name it might not need a nickname. Just a suggestion, Maybe. though. Keep up the good work, and I'll send you a stripper pick. I hope you like it later, Jenny. <laughs> awesome. Is it um, Django? Is he in that one? Nope. It's Which the, one it's is he in? Tarantino's then? most recent film. Oh, Lucky Number Seven. Lucky Number. Nope, yeah. that's not him. Or Inglorious. No, Seven Seven Something. It's about. It's nope. the Seven Samurai ones. Nope. Well, n- uh, no. It's the Seven it's, Samurai. You, you have the wrong number. Oh, Hateful Eight. That's what it is. Sorry. There you go. It's, yeah, it's it's Seven Samurai, but it's Tarantino's Seven Samurai essentially. But yes, Hateful Eight. Okay, yep. yeah, that makes sense. I I still haven't seen it, so there was one. I felt like she sent another email that I can't gave believe me I couldn't answer. think of which one. I can't believe I couldn't figure out which one. Um, which Tarantino movie Channing was in? I totally had forgotten about it. I yeah. just like placed him, and, and he could have fit in Inglorious Bastards really well, honestly. So now that I think about it, I'm like, wow. So she wrote one other email. Subject line: Stripper pick. Yes. She says, "Hope you like it." Ha ha. There's more where that came from. And the picture and? she put in the email is right I there. knew it! Thank you, Jenny! I was going to say, I really hope someone sends you floor stripper as 
Yes, that's so awesome. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. I love it a lot. I was I was just thinking, literally, like as you were sending, like here's um here's your stripper pick. I was thinking, yep. like man, if I was sending emails to you, I would have sent like a bunch of things that were strippers, but not people taking their clothes off. That's perfect, man. I can't believe you sucked that thought right out of my head, Jenny. Like I was exactly what I was thinking of doing. <laughs> Perfect. Pretty wonderful. So that's the Pretty wonderful, man. I love it. I like your sense of humor. I mean, I guess that's why you enjoy listening to us, because I was thinking the exact same thing. Three Ps in a pod. Email us magicmikes at cageclub.me. Send us stripper pics. Any kind of stripper you want. Male, female. Any strippers. stripper, whatever. Dude, I was buying so much cereal yesterday on that note. I talk about cannot that stress this enough. Whatever you email us, we will read on air. We, he reads it. He, he, whatever you put on the teleprompter, he will read next game google game we're gonna search channing i don't know if this i don't i don't know if anything's gonna come up search havoc i know channing tatum havoc nope nothing okay. comes up havoc channing tatum nope so, so we can't play the google that game, game is nobody, over that was the nobody google is game. searching so i knew that we were in trouble for this episode where in the opening credits they have a bunch of people's names like they have like and Anne channing's Hathaway, not in it bijou phillips and then no he's in it but he's on the second page when the pages go to two names per page so he's like oh. 12th or something so it's like okay ooh, trailer game ooh havoc trailer I wonder... So this movie oh, yeah, did yes. not get a theatrical release. I wonder if there is... Oh, there definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this there's trailer... trailer it, though. There's one trailer that has 667,000 views from six years ago, but then Warner Brothers, the one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, put one up three years ago that has only 93,000 views. So here is the trailer. If you just search Havoc trailer, it's the first one uploaded by Warner Brothers three years ago. 93, yeah, that makes sense. This, is, this has to be the right one. Let me know when it's buffered for you and we can get it going. Give me a countdown. Three, two, one, play. Okay. There we go. I have New line muted, so I don't know what it's sounding like. I'm going to let you, you know. Oh, we have right away frame. Right away the scene of the thing. Yep. Yeah, the camera. Them at the party with the camera again. Furniture on fire in the pool, which we didn't talk about. They're young. Oh, man. Oh, oh yeah, here we go. Making out, making out with a girl. Pokemon Yellow. Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. Okay, so like there's shots in here that aren't in the actual movie. No, these were all in the movie. You think so? These were all in the movie. Yep, you just missed it. Yeah, These were all in the movie. I definitely mentally checked out. So this oh, is them playing the dice. The, dice. Yep. the famous dice. They're at the party with all the Hispanic people. There's her and her, uh, you know, East LA. Outfit. This goofy hat. This goofy hat is so annoying. <laughs> God, I hate it. There's them making out on the bed. They give it to you that they're going to be making out on a bed at some point. Oh, we're going to get some Chan oh, Channing in the trailer. Yeah! Very briefly. With the gun! With the with the fucking rifle! Channing in the back seat there, too. No, he's in the too front seat. Quick. He's in the front seat, and no, he has no, his hood up. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in the front seat with the hood up. Channing has his bald head in the back seat. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's Anne Hathaway in class, which, you know, at one point she's called on to answer a question, and she basically... Explains the movie about you know rich people, poor people, and everything like that. Like, yes. I was like, oh, this feels on the news. Yeah, it was a little too direct. I agree. And Hathaway. They make this. Sherry Appleby, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Freddie Rodriguez, Mike Vogel. Not mentioned, but they make this movie look way more insane. Like. No, they make it look like there's like a lot more action. Like they're making it look like there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of gang stuff, there's guns, and it's like nothing. Too much. 
is nothing never really enough. nothing like that really happens in the movie. No, not at all. That trailer was kind of cool though, man. I want to see the movie that the trailer was pitching. You know what I mean? Like I want to mm-hmm. see like essentially now that we've been talking about it, like the training day version of this movie that it's just like way more intense than that movie was. I agree. Next game is the dance shirtless fight game, also stripping. So where we la- every episode predict how Channing will dance in the next movie, how he will be yes. shirtless, how he will fight, yes. how he will strip. Here was yes. your verbatim or roughly verbatim answer from last time. Okay, good. There's an epidemic, viral epidemic. Channing okay. is dead. This is the okay. beginning of the movie. He's in the morgue shirtless. This. It turns out it's a zombie flu. He's the first one who gets zombified from it. He opens his eyes and pops out of the morgue drawer, the cooler. He has a newfound spryness. He risky business slides across the morgue floor. <laughs> At the end, he rips it off and breaks out of the door. He's a zombie now. They're like, oh, shit. One doctor asks him to stop. He punches the doctor, runs out, and wreaks havoc on the city. That's the movie. So I'm not going to have yeah, to say havoc. you got none of that right. Like, not even, like I can't even I was scratch close. some of it. You were 0%. Close. But then I do have a note here. Have Joe tell us his Anne Hathaway movie theater oh, story. Yes. Okay, good. I, I had totally forgotten about it, and I was going to leave it out. So I have an Anne Hathaway story. It's not about Anne Hathaway. I don't, I've never met Anne Hathaway. I don't know. Like, I've never seen her. Anything. I was younger. I was probably, like, I was high school age. Yeah, I had to be. I was dating this girl. Shout out, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Rachel, for listening. I was dating this girl, and we had gone to the movie theater. It was, like, four of us, right? And her and her friend wanted to see Devil Wears Prada. Of course. Yeah, it was like right around this time. Why wouldn't you want to see it? Exactly. We get to the movie. I had said, man, I don't get why Anne Hathaway is so lusted after. I don't find her very attractive. She's like kind of blah to me. You know, I was smoking tons of weed at the time. Later on, like I say this like as the movie starts to the girl that I'm with. Later on, or like before when we leave or something like that, I look at her and I go, wow, you really look a lot like Anne Hathaway. (laughs) And she did not forget or not piece those two things together. That's what it was. And she was... N- she didn't piece it together or she did piece it together? Oh, no. She definitely pieced it together. And she was like, really? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. I forgot that I had just said the other part. Total Whoops. Joe foot in the mouth moment. I was like, Anne Hathaway's not that attractive. You look just like her to this girl. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was my Anne Hathaway movie theater story. Pretty wonderful. Yeah. She was not happy. I thought it was a good one, right? Yeah. Whenever I think of Anne Hathaway, I automatically think of, wow, Anne Hathaway's not that attractive. You look just like her, like all the time. I mean, there was a good, there was a good like forty-five minutes in between those two statements, but definitely not long enough that I could have gotten away with it. And I just didn't remember that I had said it before. So, whoops. Well, that didn't work out. You met Rachel. We're obviously, yeah, we're obviously not together, so it didn't (laughs) didn't make that big of a difference. My guess was, I think they're ghetto kids. Ding point. As such, Channing is often without a shirt. Incorrect. That's his normal state of being. His other normal state of being is that he's constantly in fights, which actually, not untrue. He hates life. He hates his life. He sees Anne Hathaway. She is beautiful. Ding. He needs to win her. (laughs) That doesn't even count. Not even close. Hey, I'm giving myself a point. I wrote down a fact. She's beautiful. He needs to win her. He (laughs) needs to impress her. He needs to own her. She's also a ghetto kid. Not true. She's acting like one, but she's not a ghetto kid. But she's a pretty ghetto kid. Ding. To impress her, (laughs) he gets into a dance battle in front of her. Not true. Not true. She's sitting on a stoop. He comes up and challenges her posse to a dance-off. Well, he's in her posse. That doesn't happen, so that's wrong. He wins. 
Doesn't happen. Okay. It's him plus two of her posse. Mid-dance, he strips, which wins her over. The love she feels for him feels like havoc. Not close, Ooh. but I got the fact that they were ghetto kids, and I made two points to point out that she's pretty, so I'm giving myself the victory here. Whoa. Wow. You did Calling so it. good. Whoa. So now, the important thing to note, the next movie we're doing is the one you've been waiting your whole life to see. The next movie we're doing is Supercross. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I actually am really stoked for this movie. I forgot that it existed, like, that we were going to get to it. But, yeah, cool. Okay. So this movie, Supercross, which neither of us have seen, I need you to explain to me why he is dancing, why he is shirtless, why he gets into a fight, and why he strips. Okay. Supercross, obviously about motorbikes. He's shirtless because he's rebuilding his motorbike engine. When he works in the garage, he just doesn't have a shirt on, obviously. He's, so he's holding a wrench. He's, like, a little greasy. Oh, and, and as he, like, does something, he, like, wipes his chest and leaves, like, a nice <laughs> grease handprint across the front of his chest. So that's why he's shirtless. Fighting is somebody comes into the garage that he's working on his bike in, tries to steal it like fast okay. and furious style okay and they get they get part of it part of what the bike? the bike and some tools or something and he has to go like get it back so like he's like tracking it down he finds out it's steve steve has the parts <laughs> so he goes and he just like confronts steve and then he like pushes him and the dude just like backs down and gives okay. him the parts back immediately. So it's like, it's not really a fight. Like, he just like pushes a guy and like intimidates him, but not really a fight. Okay. Dancing is after the Supercross race that he wins for the finale of the movie, the climax. Okay. They're going to have like a Fast and the Furious Race War style rave. And okay. he's going to be dancing at the race wars okay I'm, I'm just imagining this this movie's just essentially channing tatum in fast and the furious with <laughs> supercross bikes is what i'm hoping this movie is i love it and we need uh we need we need stripping you didn't do not do you did not do stripping oh fuck no that's what it is okay so he was working on his motorcycle and he has just overalls on but no shirt did i say that before i think i imagine <laughs> like that a lot he's been in overalls in so many of our guesses for sure <laughs> i think war of the worlds i'm pretty sure maybe not not this one i'm at least war of the worlds if not more. Okay. But so, I'm still writing that. He's working in overalls. Okay. He's working in overalls, and he only has, like, one strap on. Like, the other ones, like, flop down. I feel like that's always been the case. Okay. Has <laughs> it? I can't remember. I just, like, maybe this is just, like, my my idea of Channing in my head is just him <laughs> just in overalls with no with shirt underneath. With a farmer underneath. hat and a piece of straw in his mouth? No, not that. No, he's, like, he's like actually working. These are going to be, like, Carthart, like, khaki overalls this time. Not oh. denim. They're, like, okay. khaki overalls. And as he, like, wipes his chest with the oil, he's like, oh, shit. He, like, looks down. He's like, fuck. And then he, like, takes the other strap off and goes up and, like, takes the overalls off. And, like, one leg kick, he does, like, a nice extended leg kick and throws him across the room and gets a shower. <laughs> I love it. Stripping, shirtless, fighting. <sighs> I did all of them. Go ahead. Your you guesses. sure did. I hope that, like, anybody that listens to this knows that this is just, like, I don't know if you could tell or not, but they're totally unplanned by me. I usually forget them, and I just, like, word vomit exactly how I would imagine this And I write it down verbatim, which I'm going to read out loud verbatim next month. Yeah, like, this is the movie that I would make if I, like, if you, if they were like, Joe, we have a title for a movie. (laughs) It's called Supercross, right? Isn't that what it's called? And it stars Channing Tatum. 
what do you want to happen in this movie? And like, that's yep. pretty much what I do. What I like about this movie is that you basically set up the inciting incident, which is that he gets robbed, and then you like flash forward to the finale, and then like the the closing dance number. Like, there's like we don't really know what the movie's about, but we know the important parts. Exactly. I bet that I get a lot of these right, actually. What I want to say is that I think we've made it pretty clear that we don't do a lot of prep for this. That Fire S titles is all off the dome. That this is all off the top of our head. You know, yeah. in editing, I might I might cut out some gaps in Fire S titles just to make it more listenable. In terms of all the games, nothing is pre-planned or we know ahead of time. You know, I've read the emails as they come in, but you don't know the emails, so no. And there's nothing for me to prep for the emails. I just read them and you react to them, so. This whole back yeah. half of every show is freestyle, just like Channing Tatum will do <laughs> in every movie. Oh, dude, I hope he raps in motocross so bad. Your wheels are whack, and your motor's slow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Okay, my guess is for Supercross. I'm trying to think Go if there's it. any way this movie could not be about bikes, and I don't <laughs> think that happens oh my god what if this whole movie is about Channing Tatum being a master crossword puzzle solver he's like he oh. is the super cross he's like and they have to get him solving crossword puzzles so he's like they're like we have to call super cross and it's like a beautiful mind and the imitation game and he's just like solving wars and like decoding a like cracking cipher exactly yeah like the imitation game with crossword puzzles there's only one man that knows what five across is <laughs> Channing Tatum Channing Tatum alright that's great if that's the steal movie steal it don't steal we that we just win no I'm not going to okay so here, here's, here's what I'm going to say obviously about we're, I mean I have to go with bikes the movie starts mid-race okay Channing Tatum is a really good motocross racer okay he's not in the lead he's near the front of the pack in this race he jumps off one hill bike lands on a rock skids oh. out he oh. burns out crashes into okay. a ditch cut to the hospital Okay. Channing Tatum in a gown. Channing Tatum, two broken arms, a broken leg, bruised face. Does he have like the one leg hanging from the ceiling, like the old school? I was thinking that. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's okay. uh, it's elevated, but it's not like really hanging. Like it's not movie okay. hanging. It's just a little elevated. He's even got okay. the bandage around the head, right? Okay. He has like the one wrap around the eye thing going yes. on. Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I got yeah. it. I see it. He's there with his girlfriend, who I I'm I'm picturing as Jenna Dewan, but it's not Jenna Dewan because it's not Step Up, but someone a Jenna Dewan type. I'm gonna say, right? She's there by his side. Okay. He's he's like, Doc, yeah. can I ever race Supercross again? And the doctor says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think you need to like, if you do this again, you could die. And he's like, oh, fuck that. I'm gonna get back. It's kind of like uh, the 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 shitty <laughs> Mouse Teller movie Bleed for this, where he gets paralyzed or whatever, and then wants to go back to box, which I think is based on the true story. So yes. Channing Tatum, he's in the hospital for a while. There's a lot of time in the hospital but the movie fast forwards through all that because he's just sort of rehabbing. Yeah, exactly. They just like have a montage or something. Yes. He's okay. shirtless because he's ready to leave. He changes out of his gown, puts on his clothes. Girlfriend wheelchairs him out of the hospital. That's like a pivotal scene too because like, you know, it'll be like this signifies that he gets to, he's like, Doc, am I ready? And he's like, yeah. And he like, is like, let's do this. And he like puts on his motocross shirt. Well, no, 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 no. We're jumping way ahead. This is still the first 10 minutes of the movie. I know. That's what I'm saying. But like when he's in the hospital, like he like, he like throws on like a Fox shirt. Maybe. But the doctor says you can't race. The whole movie is you can't race Supercross anymore. I do not. Exactly. But it's still part of his DNA. So they go home. He's still recuperating, still recovering. He's going through the rehab. His girlfriend's there with him. She wakes up in the middle of the night one night, hears some noises out in the garage, goes out to the garage He's working on his bike. She gets pissed. She leaves. She's like, the doctor said, no, we've talked about this. 
I'm out. Channing, okay. a man down on his luck, doesn't have a family anymore, doesn't have a girlfriend anymore, doesn't okay. have his doctor's blessing. The only thing he has in his life is this drive to do Supercross. To do crossword puzzles. Oh, maybe that's how our crossword puzzle movie started, that he actually gets paralyzed or whatever and then has to do crossword puzzle because he's like, he sees it at the grocery store, Supercross, crossword puzzles. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And he's also a cross-dresser. I don't think so. That doesn't factor into any of these movies. Fuck. Okay, fine. <laughs> So he is building back up his bike as he builds back up his muscles. He's going out. He's got a little dirt patch outside. He's slowly going in circles. He tries to race again, doesn't do well, realizes his mojo is all with his girlfriend. He goes to his girlfriend, who is now with another guy. They're at an arcade for some reason. I don't know why. They're at an arcade. Okay. Channing, like, this guy's a punk. Like, the, the guy's got nothing on Channing, obviously, because Channing's our hero. Goes to them. She's like, I'm done with you, whatever. Here's a song come on the arcade speakers. Let's just say it's Pony. Just hypothetically speaking, let's say it's Pony. <laughs> okay. Starts to strip, starts to dance in public. All the girls who don't know him are losing their mind. Because look at this guy. Looks like Channing Tatum. You know, he's got a Fox t-shirt on. I'll give you that. He's starting yeah. to strip in public. The girl's like rolling her eyes, not walking away, but rolling her eyes. And then by the end of this, it doesn't get too far because they're in public as a PG-13 movie or whatever. She's like, all right, fine. I'll, I, I still love you. And they leave together. So what's that? We have shirtless. We have dancing. We have stripping. Oh, also, uh, the guy in that same scene is like, you can't take my girl. This is my this is my new girl. And like throws a punch at Channing. Channing ducks it, smashes the guy's head into an arcade machine. Guy passes out. Which arcade now machine Now with the love of it? this girl. Um, Miss Galaga. Galaga. Miss Pac-Man. Okay. Or Miss Pac-Man. Either one. You know what I really want? Side story for a second. What? I really want a Ms. Pac-Man cocktail table. Do you know those where it's like the flat table yeah. with a screen underneath? Oh, dude, they're so cool. The double ones. Have you played it at Barcade with us? Like the four-player one? It's really, no, really but I know fun. about that. I know Dude, about that. The four-player Pac-Man is my favorite. It's so much fun. I really, really want one too. I agree. You can get like this Pac-Man cocktail table for like a thousand bucks. So like, it's not. I mean, it's a lot of money for something that's just like stupid, a, yeah, nothing. But like, it's not as expensive as I thought it'd be. Anyway, this is like three quarters away from the movie. Gets his girl back. Goes to the final race. Just like this, we see him coming to the finish line. Cut to black. We don't know if he wins or loses because it doesn't matter. Because he's got his girl back. He's got his confidence back. Even his doctors in the crowd applauding, like, I didn't think he could do it, but he did it. Supercross. Supercross. Like, you want to know a little tidbit? I looked it up on IMDb. You know what his name is in the movie? What's his name? His name is Rowdy Sparks. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so excited. I just got really, really excited. Rowdy Sparks is, is Channing's name in this movie. That is amazing. This is as good as we could imagine it. Yep. Letterboxed game. Okay. Havoc. Incredibly popular film, I can imagine. Wasn't even released theatrically. Okay. I don't want to put any words because I'm just, I'm being sarcastic. I have no idea how popular it is or whatever. Havoc has been seen. No, you have to tell me that, come on. Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Mad Max Fury Road, the most popular film on Letterboxd, has been seen by 191,000 people. Havoc, a film that came out nine years, ten years earlier has been seen by how many people? I would say 4,300. Lower. 1,900? Little bit higher. Oh, really? Like 22? I was going to guess 19 first. 2,150. Cool. So out of those 2,150 people, average rating of 2.4, most common rating, a two-star rating out of five. Out of those 2,150 people, how many of those people put it in their top four? Three. No. Do you want me to say higher or lower, or do you want to just guess again? Uh, It's... I would guess one, two. It's one. It's one? Okay, good. Yep. 
Second so guess. Then, you didn't even give me enough a higher or lower. I guess I know. three, and then I guess one. The only person on the internet, the only person in the world, the only registered letterbox user who put this film in their top four is this person, Oleg Raw. O-L-E-G-R-A-W That's from a bad Moscow. Game. It's almost as good as Rowdy Sparks. On Twitter, at Oleg Raw. On Instagram, at Oleg Raw. Is he active? Is she active? Video producer, director, promotion manager. Doesn't seem too active on Twitter. How about on Instagram? Video producer. Posting pictures from Christmas. Most recent post was December 31st, so sort of slightly active on Instagram. Okay. Oleg Raw's top four films. Havoc is number four. Three other films have nothing to do with Havoc. One, I'm trying to think. One, I think you love. Three movies. There's obviously three movies. Two of them, I you either love or you hate. And then there's one that I feel like. But I've talked about them. Mm, one is from the early '80s, and then the other two are from the last like three or four years. Smokey and the Bandit. Nope, I think that's from the '60s. You said two are from the '90s. No, two are from the last like three or four years. Okay, so here's here's the number one movie. I'm gonna give you a hint. It's a movie I didn't see for a while. A lot of really... So there's a, there's a few films, I think, that fit this criteria. But a lot of people who are annoying people say this is their favorite movie of all time. Boondock Saints. No, but it's very similar to that, in that you're, you're in the right wheelhouse. Oh, fuck. A better film than Boondock Saints. This is from the early 80s, with one of the biggest actors of all time. Um... That a lot of people are like, really? That's your favorite movie? Godfather? Same actor. Okay, so Al Pacino and something? Yep, early 80s. A movie that a Scarface. lot of people love. Yep, you Scarface. got it. Number one favorite movie, okay. Scarface. Do you love Scarface or do you hate Scarface? I like Scarface a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, I was so against it because, like, so many people would, like, wear the shirt with it on it or, like, the poster on it or, like, have it up in their dorm room. I'm like... I think it's overhyped and I think that people don't get the reasons why I love Scarface. Like, I, I would like to think that, like, I like it for reasons that are not oh man it'd be so cool to be like a cocaine dealer yep yeah i love any al pacino movie honestly yeah. so scarface is pretty good number three his what do you feel about movie. it now wait hold on i want to know i just want to know i only feelings. saw it once i liked it a lot more because i was like i was like this it's it's so overhyped and i was like actually this is pretty good so i liked it yeah it's, it's pretty good I, only, I haven't seen it in probably 10 years but i liked it the first time i saw it his number three movie won best picture three years ago maybe Four years what, ago, maybe? Birdman? Birdman. Nice. Do you love Birdman or do you hate Birdman? That was the other one I wasn't I sure. loved Birdman. That's what I thought. Okay, okay. We really love Birdman. His other favorite film, another recent film, came out four or five years ago by a director. You're not going to... There's no way you're going to remember this, but the last time we played this game on Boyfriend Material, whoever had Blade Runner in his top four had two films by this director in his top four. A recent director, one of the biggest directors of, of today... He had two of those in his top four last time. This guy's got one in his top four. It's a different movie. It's a sci-fi movie from about four or five years ago. I have no idea. Starring Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey in a sci-fi movie? Yep. What is this movie? I have no idea. Interstellar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Interstellar. There you go. Yep. Yeah, okay. Those are his top four. Scarface, Interstellar. That was a really Birdman, interesting top four. Good dude. Know, Good for right? that dude. It would turned out way better than I assumed. I feel like to make this game fun, I need to give you like a lot of hints because there's so many movies and like it's it's hard unless you you're saying like, hey, it's you know two films in the same Pixar franchise where you got like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory that one time. Like, yeah, it's impossible unless I give you lots of hints. But I I was doing pretty. I I think I guessed pretty good. I can usually get like I can gauge it, you know. So fire ass titles. Havoc, as we talked about, terrible name. Terrible name. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start things off gangbangers. <laughs> That's a good on so many on so many levels that should have been the last one. That's perfect. Five goes east. 
I was going to go, my next one was going to be just East L.A. American Ugly. Hey, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, why are you doing that? Beverly Hills Most Wanted. The Room 2. The Streets. <laughs> the Room... <laughs> That's good. Shit, I had one and you just made me lose it with The Room. What was I going to say? I have another one. So it's sort of... it's It's it. basically uh, an actual movie title, which is sort of similar but better across the board. Not a great movie, but there was a movie came out a couple years ago called White Girl. So I'm just called this White Girls. Like, dumbass white girls. So just white girls. Pool furniture fire who the actress mm. the masks we wear playing the part oh playing the part is good too we really need jess montez to email us because like we just put these out into the world and nobody ranks them like that was th- i loved when she did that yeah i think we need some feedback what, what are you what are you <laughs> thinking magic mics yeah. at cageclub.me let us know no i got it i got the last one go for it dice Mm. That was it. Isn't that that Showtime show about Andrew Dice Clay is called Dice, right? I think. I mean, not not that it has anything to do with it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. The last segment, the last thing we need to talk about is the awards, the Channing Tatum Awards, which are heretofore unnamed, I think. Best gun scene. We don't know that as a category, but we can, so... I mean, just the gun scene needs to be highlighted for something. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be like... Best gun scene... <laughs> posing for the rap video. Yeah. In quotes, rap video. Yeah. Havoc. I nominated this for worst film. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I also put it down with a question mark next to it for best soundtrack. The soundtrack's not great, but it's Tokyo Drift-ish in the way that, like, for most of the movie, it's just like a hip-hop song after hip-hop song. Five on it. it it's a really good soundtrack. I agree. And my last one, I think she's going to get bumped off eventually. I nominated Anne Hathaway for best non-chanting role female, just because... She's worst non-chanting role female. Okay. Okay, I'll put her... So she's up against Dakota Fanning now. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's. I think that's most... She's she's also insufferable in this movie for me. Joseph Gordon-Levitt should be worse non-chaining role male, honestly. Okay. I love it. Yeah, because he's bad. I mean, it's lovable because we like him, <laughs> but it's bad. It's not good. Definitely so he's not. our first entry into that category. But yeah, so now we have it nominated for five things. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I recognized Anne Hathaway for something. I just had it misguided. I'm glad yeah. that we found the home where that belongs because, whoo boy. That's where she belongs. Yeah, for sure. That is where she belongs. Yep. As we've talked about on this podcast, Joe and I have four podcasts in total. We have Zac Efron one, Channing Tatum one. Oh, that's right. I, you always say four, and I forget that, that Zac Attack exists. <laughs> not that I forget that it exists. I just, it's not running. So I'm like, what's this fourth one that we have to yeah. Board for. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> a Ryan Gosling one and one about the Fast and Furious. So the last thing we recorded, which is actually coming out right now, as soon as I finish recording this with Joe, I'm going to put it live oh, really? so you guys can listen to. Cool. Fast awesome. and Furious Tokyo Drift, for Too Fast, Too Forever. The next thing we're recording is a Terrence Malick film, Song to Song, for Boyfriend Material. And then in a month from today, we will be back here covering Supercross. So go check out all four of those podcasts, all the other podcasts on the network. What's exciting, I I didn't mention this to you, I think we we talked about it a while ago, but after Supercross, I think there's like a four-movie stretch on this podcast where we have like three guests, which is a almost unprecedented for us. Like we've never had that many yeah, guests never that, really have that tightly many. together. We have resident historian Mike Manzi coming on. He's on twice, and we have another guest coming on. Who? Friend of the show, Melissa Lineman, who actually, as we're recording this, just ticked over to midnight. Today is her birthday. As she's listening to this oh, ten days ago. Happy birthday. Was her birthday. Happy birthday, Melissa. Shout out Melissa. Also, shout out Rachel. Hey Rachel. Yeah, Rachel, thank you for listening. We recognize that you listen to these. 
And we just wanted to thank you again for always listening. Yeah, shout out Jenny for sending in two more emails. Uh, Jess Montez, yeah, where are you at? Thanks. Rank our Fire S titles. You know, I feel like one of these days Jess is going to send us nine emails and catch up on everything and apologize a bunch. But, you know, until that day, we're going to keep roasting her, just saying, where, where are you at? She can be Montez. She's so Montez right now. So Montez. The most Montez. But anyway, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter for our four shows, all the other shows in the network. We just had launched this past week the first episode of The Contenders. I think I talked about that on the Fast and the Furious episode, which is Tobin and Island Addington, brother and sister, doing a podcast about the unruly women of cinema, the women who refuse to play by the rules. So they did The Contender. Next yeah, week will be awesome. Wonder Woman, which I will be on. Awesome. Next month, by the time you hear the next Magic Mics, our Magic Mike, Mike Manzi, will have his first episode of Third Time's a Charm oh, come out. That's right. That's going to release right. on March 3rd. We also have, coming up soon, Nico's Daredevil podcast. That, Nico's not been on one of these shows. I'm sure Nico or Nico's husband, Kevo, one of them will be on one of these shows because Kevo loves Zac Efron the way we love Zac Efron. Nice. Every time I post something about Zac Efron on Facebook, he and you are basically the only people who like it. So Kevo loves Zac yeah. Efron. He loves, I think, everything that we're doing. So the two cool. of them... And one of their friends, Tori, have a podcast about Daredevil coming out. And we also have another show coming out that I don't want to announce yet because I don't want to steal the thunder of that. But we have another show coming out. I don't out know. What is it? Uh, we have a Winona Ryder podcast. A Winona Ryder podcast oh, coming cool. out. Cool. Who's doing it? The woman, Lindsay Gibb, who wrote the Nicolas Cage book that she was on a bunch of Cage Clubs. She wrote a book. She lives in Canada. She and a friend are doing a Winona Ryder podcast. Yeah, so it's going to be and cool. It's going to be on Cage Club? It's going to be on Cage Club. That's really cool. Awesome. Cool. So to check out all the things that are happening, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter. You can subscribe to the newsletter on cageclub.me, which is just an automated thing every morning when new content is posted. You can follow us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me, whatever you want to do, however you want to interact. Let us know you're listening. We're going to do this even if nobody's listening, but I'm so happy yep. that you are. The fun thing about Magic Mike's is that the further we get, the more he'll be in these movies. Between the you know the last two movies, he probably had a total of four lines. Yeah. We're getting there. No, we're, we're, we're climbing up the ladder. Is he the star of Supercross? Is he first build or is he not first build? No, he's way, he's way low. I don't think he, <laughs> I think he has a very, very small okay. role. He's definitely not the star. what's his name? Rusty They're, Sparks? Rowdy Sparks. Rowdy Sparks. Even better. Cool. I know. It's so good. Come back in a month for Magic Mike's Supercross Rowdy Sparks. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time on Magic Mike's. Yo, she took me on my stinking aces to the pinkest bracelet. Face it, the basics. No way you could think I'm racist. Got a white girl tell you that she's quite thorough. Burrow to burrow. Move me through this white world. From Columbia, then she moved to Canada. Now she live in Harlem, right? And you could say I'm manager. Met her in 90, Jay with the damage. I wasn't understanding. Everyone was a fan of.